Hey Travel Bosses, before we get started with this week's episode, I'm really excited to announce our Facebook group is open. So if you guys want to join the Travel Like a Boss Facebook group where you can interact with other members, with some of the show guests, and with each other, go ahead and find Travel Bosses on Facebook or go to travellikeabosspodcast.com and find it there. This week's guest is really exciting. I met Tom Smith here on the Nomad Cruise. We're going to talk about some of the experiences here, about his journey in Kindle publishing, where he is crushing it, and a really exciting topic where he is actually our first podcast member who got inspired enough by the talk on the Nomad Summit, where I talked about how I've now been giving my mom $1,000 a month to help retire her, and he's doing the same. So I'm really excited him to share how he did it, why he did it, and really open it up for everybody here listening as well. And I really think that Kindle Publishing is a great way to add a second stream of passive income, whether you want more money for yourself, your travels, your business, or to be able to give the money to your mom or whoever else you love and care about in your life. So this is this week's episode. Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, where we interview location-independent entrepreneurs that travel the world like a boss by being their own boss. Here's your host, Johnny FD. Herzlich willkommen zum Travel Like a Boss podcast. <laughs> That is so good. Hey guys, this is Johnny and welcome to episode 196 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast as Tom Schmidt, this week's guest, just said in the Deutsch Which Deutsch, is yeah. not uh, Dutch, it's German, right? No, yeah, yeah, Dutch is yeah. Dutch and Deutsch is German, so it's not the same, yeah. It sounds really confusing. Yeah, it is. Like, it, it sounds like even the language sounds quite similar, but I would say Dutch is a mixture of German and English, whereas German is like real German. So we, we can't even understand Dutch people. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand why they... Uh... They exist. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Okay, actually, last week's guest was uh, Dutch, so it's nice to have a, a German on. Okay, nice. and I think there's a joke that the Germans stole the Dutch's bicycles after World War Two. Man, it's possible. Don't know. I know that the Dutch people have a lot of bicycles. Like in Amsterdam, you can see so many bicycles. But I've never heard about this joke before. <laughs> well, we don't need a bicycle because we are actually on the Nomad Cruise. We are on a cruise ship. Going from Malaga, Spain. Yeah. Yesterday we were in Menorca, which is a small island. Uh, I think, I think it's what? Is it the Bariatic Islands? No, no, it's not. We're Bal going it's there. It's Balearic. What does that even mean? Well, I think it's like a group of islands like Mallorca, Menorca, and I'm not sure whether Ibiza is part of it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. So we are literally on a cruise ship right now in my room. And we are headed to Greece, and I've now met 250 really interesting digital nomads or people who work online or, you know, maybe at least want to get started with it that all came on this cruise. What brought you on this cruise? Exactly what you said, like so many different digital nomads, um, so many people from different countries, um, different in age. We have people who are just starting. They're like 20. We have people, like we had a... A workshop right now, like five minutes ago, a woman who started a business when she was 59, I think. So pretty awesome. Yeah. And I was following a couple, a couple of months ago, a few guys who joined there. Johnny joined the Nomad or posted that he joined the Nomad Cruise. 
And I think this idea is just what people need to connect, to learn new stuff, to discover and to improve themselves. Yeah. So when I first heard about the Nomad Cruise, I honestly thought it was the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> really? Because I thought, man, 10 or 14 days on a boat without internet for digital nomads? That's crazy. Yeah, but it's some kind of, of, of detox. Sometimes you have to take your time off. You you can even you can buy your Wi-Fi um, connection here. But I think it's sometimes it's yeah, you you need a retreat. So and yeah, like two years ago I would never have thought to be on a cruise ship. Like this is something people do when they're in the fifties, sixties. So the idea is like kind of crazy. But when you take a look at it and take a look how they market it and what they are planning, it's it's just a super cool idea. Yeah, actually, a big shout out to Johannes, who is the founder of Nomad Cruise, Definitely. for starting this because it took a lot of vision. And I'm sure there's a lot of people like me that, you know, four years ago was like, that's a terrible idea. You yeah. shouldn't do it. Yeah. And he stuck to it. He saw something there and he's like, no, we can make it work. There's something good there. Yeah. And honestly, it's great. You know, it's yeah. been five days now and I'm loving it. Yeah, me too. So many cool impressions. I think I met around about maybe 100 of the 250 people. So still a few people to meet. But I also feel like, okay, it's enough. Some kind of like connecting at the moment because there are always the same questions. What are you doing? Where are you from? Why are you here? So yeah, it's good, good to have your kind of group here and to join all the events. A lot of fun. I actually think uh, the best thing I did to kind of meet other people was go on one of the excursions. Yeah. So I went on the Jeep uh, safari, you know, which wasn't really a safari. It was more because there's no animals. I guess there was like some farm life that you saw. So like some cows and things, but it was being, you know, out exploring on a Jeep, you know, open air Jeep with a bunch of people. There's 24 of us. Yeah. And just, you know, sightseeing and doing stuff and we weren't talking about business we weren't we weren't asking each other where you're from really it was more just like oh like i'll oh, check out that cool lighthouse or hey let's let's go into this cave to me that was a good way to meet each other yeah that's true it was not about the trip like we joined together so it was more about we had a couple of media guys there showing their drones their camera equipment it was super interesting and fascinating to see how they work and how you can improve by yourself like with all the camera camera equipment and stuff like this, I learned so much stuff. Like I saw David with his drone and I was super impressed. Like how they shot these these shots of the of the Jeeps driving it was super impressive. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool actually. It was almost weird. It was almost like being behind the scenes with like Discovery Channel. Yeah. Because there were six super professional photographers and videographers and they had, you know, tens of thousands of dollars with, with their equipment. Yeah. And actually, I'm going to get one of them on, on the podcast uh, next because his job is basically to travel the world and film cool stuff. So I think that'd be really interesting. Yeah. Um, but the reason why I wanted to have you on the show is because you're doing something really interesting. Yeah. You know, uh, I had no idea actually, but actually, can we rewind? How did how did you first hear about me? I went to your Nomad Summit in Chiang Mai, so I didn't know you, I didn't know you before. I didn't even know that you're the organizer. So I just saw okay. I'm in Chiang Mai. There's a Nomad Summit. Sounds pretty cool. So I just join in. And yeah, there I got to know you. Found it pretty cool. The event was well organized. Like met super cool people. And then afterwards, I checked out your blog. And it was super interesting. Like 
the fact that you're very transparent, that you're showing your income and your journey, like how you grow, how you make money, how you travel the world is super interesting and I think kind of unique. I haven't seen somebody like you before. Yeah, I think the the person I got inspiration from was Pat Flynn with Smart okay. Passive Income. He's been doing it for many years. And I remember seeing his income report thinking, wow, this is so cool. It, I learned so much from just dissecting it. Yeah. But at that time, I felt I can't get to this level because he was making so much money. He was making like $100,000 a month or something crazy. And I thought, there's no way I can get to this guy's level. So let's not even try. Mm -hmm. But then I think a few months later, I thought, you know what? I'm now making, you know, I think at the time, like $1,500 a month. This is pretty good for me, you know, and I was very happy because I was living in Thailand where it's cheap and I was so excited. I thought, you know what? Let me just share what is working so far. And maybe someone who, you know, sees Pat, you know, Pat Flynn's income report and thinks, oh, there's no way I can do that. They might see mine and think, oh, that looks very positive, you know, possible because that's just like one step uh, above. And that was almost, what, three and a half or four years ago. So the income has grown a lot since then. But I think. If someone really wanted to, they can just go all the way back in the archives yeah. and just follow it month by month to see it grow. Yeah, and it's also the way you're earning your money. Like it's it's like a business motel that everyone can kind of copy. It's affiliate marketing. It was, I think, drop shipping, um, YouTube, and stuff like this. So it's it's touchable for the people. It's not just one product you've launched and you're making millions. It's yeah, everyone is capable to do stuff like this, and I think that's. The, the thing why it's so successful. Yeah, I think so as well. And, and actually, the, one of the reasons why I like this podcast so much is the fact that it gives me new ideas of other things to do. Yeah. Because now there's 196 episodes, but there's probably been 100 different types of income. Yeah. And a lot of it is passive income. Most of it's online income. And I don't have time to do all of them, but... Now I know, hey, there's a hundred different things you can do, or I, you know, I could do, or you could do, or whoever's listening at home could do, that we just have to choose one. Yeah. And you chose book publishing. Book publishing, yeah. How did you get into that? Mm, short story, like I was studying business administration in Germany, and in Germany you receive money from the government, so in order to study, pay your rent, and stuff like this. And I want to... I, went abroad for a year to Ireland. Wait, wait, wait. I need to pause you there. Okay. So you you pay money to go to school, right? Like in the US? Or yeah. they're paying you money? Like in Germany, studying is for free, like at university. Um, but yeah, you have to pay your rent and stuff like this. So people with a not powerful financial background, like your parents are not earning a lot, they get funded by the government. Yeah. Wow, that's this crazy. This is amazing. Yeah, compared to... The US or even the UK, where you have to spend thousands on study fees, tuition fees. It's amazing. Yeah, and it's so everyone can study. It's not about your background, your social status, and stuff like this. Do you know what the cutoff is to get that grant? No, not really. Like, it depends. You, you will get more the less your parents earn. Yeah. Okay. So, but either way, either your parents make so much money that they could just pay for it. Yeah. And then even then, it's probably not like the US where it's. $10,000 a, a semester. Yeah. It's probably much less money to if you had like if you had to pay for school, do you know how much it would be? I don't know. Like we don't have to pay, so I don't know how much would it be. Like it's in the UK, it's around I think 9 to 12,000 pounds. So, so basically, no if you're German, you just 
you'd never have to worry about paying for school. Yeah. Okay. Like you have to pay back half of the amount of the so-called BAföG. Um, but yeah, you can pay back when you have a job later on. So it's not that much money. And there's a limit. Like the maximum is 10,000 bucks. Yeah. That they'll give you or that you have to pay back? That you have to pay back. You so, will get much more. So yeah. they'll give you a lot more. You just need to pay back 10,000. Yeah. Wow. That's I think cool. I got over 20,000. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So they gave you this money. <laughs> you went to study. Why did you yeah. choose Ireland? Because I had no other choice, to be honest. I was quite late with my application and I just wanted to improve my English. So this was the only opportunity for me to improve it because the other options were like Lithuania and stuff like this, which is nice too, but I wanted to improve my language. So that's why I went to Ireland, studied in Ireland one year. Um, amazing experience to everyone who's thinking about studying abroad, just do it. Don't think about it. Don't have any expectations. Just go and you will have the time of your life. I think it's crazy because as Americans, we hardly ever go to college abroad. Okay. I think I kind of heard about it, maybe from a movie, but it wasn't a normal thing for us to do. And okay. In, in Europe, it's totally different. I don't think I knew a single person who 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 did it Like when I was uh, going to university. I think it wasn't until I started traveling and I started meeting Europeans yeah. that a lot of people said, yeah, yeah, of course I studied abroad. And, you know, it might have been just for three months or six months, but almost 100% of Europeans have done that yeah. and almost 0% of Americans have done it. Yeah. And maybe you have this impression because you're in the nomadic bubble, some kind of, because all the people who went abroad for their studies, they're likely to, to travel afterwards because you discover how nice it is to meet people from different countries, to discover new countries and stuff like this. Yeah. And then I came back. And the government said, "Okay, you're studying too long. We will cut all your all your funds or all your." How long were you? Um, how long were you studying for? Not not that long. I think about three to four years. So it was not that much. Yeah. And then I needed to uh, write my bachelor thesis. So I really wanted to focus on it. But it's hard if you have to make some money because my parents couldn't afford to support me. And yeah, then I. Search for a way. I worked in a bakery and stuff like this, which was super awful. <laughs> and then I typed in how to make money online in German. So this was the start. It's wow. so stereotype. Yeah. And they were popping up affiliate marketing, all the stuff like on YouTube. I saw different channels. How do you, how do you say uh, how to make money online in German? Like what did you o type in? Online Geldverdienen. Online Geldverdienen. Yeah. Zupa. Yeah. Okay, and then so a bunch of random stuff popped up. Yeah, and yeah, I checked out a few channels about affiliate marketing, um, but I was not very good at like building websites, and I'm not a tech guy or something like this. And there was one guy showing how he's publishing ebooks. I thought, okay, that's quite interesting. And he showed really how easy it is to publish on Amazon and stuff like this. So I just decided, okay, I will go for this one. I will try it out. And I was... I think writing six weeks on my first ebook. So, was it a YouTube video or yeah? And was, was he YouTube. selling a course or how did you learn how to do it? Yeah, he was selling a course, but I think I just consumed a bit of free content of him, and then I bought a course from a Canadian. His name was Stefan Pilarinas or something like this. Maybe you know him. I think I've actually heard that name. Actually, we've actually had on a guest, uh, Adrian Ingram. Uh, he's a Australian guy who also does Kindle publishing. Yeah. And I don't remember what episode he is. And ironically, we don't have internet access 
here on the boat. Yeah. I didn't pay for it. You, you can get it, but I just didn't pay for it because I wanted a nice one week detox. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you guys want to know that episode, just look on look for the in the archives for Adrian's episode. I think it's called you know Kindle Publishing or something. Yeah. But uh, so you took this course. Do you, do you remember how much it cost you? I think around about seventy five dollars. It was quite cheap. That's really cheap, actually. Yeah. Okay. But as a German. I've heard at least the stereotype is you guys aren't um, so natural to pull out your credit cards and buy an online course like Americans yeah. are. Like I think Americans are a little bit more accustomed to buying things online and using a credit card for everything. Yeah, and also just consuming lots of uh, courses and books. It's not really like that uh, for typical Germans, right? Yeah, but I was used to Ireland, so I came from Ireland, and in Ireland you were paying everything with your credit card, ice cream supermarket whatever in germany you can't buy ice cream with a credit card you can't in some supermarkets you can't even buy stuff with your credit card i think that's so crazy yeah like, it is germany is such a advanced uh, you know country that yeah. you would think they'd be really ahead of technology but they're so yeah. freaking behind and it's it drives me nuts i remember going to berlin and needing to buy some subway tokens yeah you know i think i got off the, the airport you know and then you Go to the ATM, you get some euros, right? And you get like 20 or 50 euro notes. Then you go to the subway platform and you're like, okay, I need to buy a token. And the machine doesn't take notes. Yeah. And they before they didn't even have a credit card uh, slot. I think they've added one now. Yeah, but, now yeah, they have the Wi-Fi direct, so it's like contact, contactless. But here's the thing is, I don't, I don't know if you know this, it only works for German banks. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I tried all my credit cards. I used my ATM card. None of it worked. And somebody, and then there's nobody working there, probably because. And I'm assuming your your minimum wage is probably pretty high, right? Do you yeah, know what it is? I think it's around nine euro. Okay, per hour. that's yeah. not that high, but I guess that's like eleven dollars. But either way, they don't have an attendant at every station. No, they don't. And I'm assuming it's because they can't afford to pay someone to just stand there and. I think that's what's going to happen in in the U.S. Uh, eventually too. When our minimum wage goes up, we're going to stop having you know people to help, <laughs> like yeah. you know these low kind of low uh, low paying jobs. I think are going to go away, which is a shame because I really needed some change, but I couldn't get it. So yeah. the option is uh, basically you have to go find you know I I think I wanted to buy five uh, tokens or something because I was going to use it the the train pretty often. Yeah. So. Or maybe I wanted a 10 pass. And I needed 18 euros worth of coins. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm thinking, right. who the hell is going to give me 18 euros, which is like $22 worth of like basically quarters. But, you know, at least you have uh, the dollar or, or two euro coins. But yeah. either way, like who's going to give me 18 euros worth of coins? And it's impossible. Yeah. So I just went on the subway. <laughs> <laughs> without without <talking>. anything. <laughs> Yeah, and it's even the other way around. Like some of the machines can take the the cash, how is it called, the notes, and they will give you back the coins. So if you're going with like twenty euro, you will get back a lot of euro coins, which is super annoying. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. Okay, so that's Germany. Yeah, that's yeah. What... <laughs> so what did you tell any of your friends or your families that you you know wanted to you know make money online that you were looking into this or you bought a course? Not really. Like I told my mom I'm writing an ebook, but everyone was just laughing about it. it. Sounds really strange. Nobody really knows that you can earn money with it. Did they believe it or were they thinking like, oh, you're wasting your time? 
we didn't speak that much about it. Um, yeah, so I wrote the book within six weeks about the ketogenic diet. And you wrote it yourself? Yeah, I wrote it by myself. Was like a, like an essay for, for uni or something like this. So, but I really put a lot of work into it and I launched it and was, was successful. I would say it was successful around 200 to 300 euro a month. So the ketogenic diet, uh, I guess, well, I guess first the questions are, I'm assuming you wrote it in German. Yeah. Okay. Why did you choose the ketogenic diet as a topic? I just did some research. Um, so I tried to find a niche where you have a lot of demand but not a lot of supply. So I figured out ketogenic diet in the US is a big thing. And the US market is always run about one to two years ahead of the German market. And I think there was just one or two books. So yeah, but they were really bestsellers, like really making a lot of money. So I decided, okay, we'll join in. So you, you weren't afraid that there was two books that already established? No, no. How many books... Um would there have had to have been for you to be like, okay, now now it's too saturated? At this time, I had no clue, <laughs> to be honest. It was a, a lucky shot. Um, nowadays, it's not about the quantity. It's more about the quality. So I really um, take a look at the books. Okay, how are they optimized with keywords? What's the cover like? Who's publishing? What's the price? Like different factors that I take into account. And then I will make my final decision. So it's not that easy to tell what you have to look for. Yeah. Okay, that definitely makes sense. So you're kind of looking for opportunity or maybe a hole in the market. Yeah. yeah. So that's actually a, a good tip. Uh, even finding niche selection is if any of you guys listening speak, speaks another language, or if you're willing to partner with someone that speaks a different language or something, just find topics that are popular in the U.S. Yeah. And just just copy it. <laughs> like not not the whole content, but try to have some inspiration in the U.S. Yeah. And what another big thing is, don't go for niches where you just have self-publishers. So there are a lot of self-publishers, especially in the US. It's kind of saturated the market. Try to find a niche where you just have professional companies publishing books, um, because they can't compete um, with like lower prices. So in Germany, like the normal book price is maybe fifteen to thirty euro, and if you offer a really good book for eight euro. You will get the whole demand and you're selling a lot of books. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So if you guys didn't, didn't catch that, basically look to see who the actual book publisher is and see if it's a major brand. So yeah. in the US, we have like Harper Books or we have... You exactly. Know, yeah. And don't be afraid of them. Like I was afraid. I thought, okay, I will never compete with a big publisher. But it's even easier because you're, you're different. You have a different price. You're different content. Your book looks different. And this is the way to to compete. Yeah. I like that because I think a lot of people would be scared. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think. I mean, for example, you know, I wrote a book that's kind of like a travel guide to Thailand, right? Yeah. How to live cheaply in Thailand, and Lonely Planets, uh, Rough Guides. You know, these big travel companies they have guides to Thailand, yeah. and I thought there's no way someone's going to buy my book over there is because they're so established. Yeah, but they did. And I think you're right. It's because, first off, they're not going to lower their price. They're going to be $25. That is it. Yeah. And also, people will first... I think people might, might actually just buy both. I think that's actually what happens a lot. Yeah. Because sometimes people buy The Lonely Planet because they want more of a reference guide. Yeah. And then they buy my book because they want more of a story. The cover is different. The title is different. Yeah. The pricing is different. Yeah. Exactly. That's the way to go. And sometimes you can even 
be like different. For example, if you're writing a book about Chiang Mai or something, you can title it like a nomad guide or something like this. So there are a lot of people going to Thailand just for vacation. But on the other hand, you have all the nomads who are trying out Chiang Mai and stuff like this. And they don't, they need the Lonely Planet book. But yours is it's even better for them to discover like hidden spots, co-working spaces, whatever. I haven't read your book, so. Yeah. Okay. Definitely makes sense. Uh, if any of you guys want to check out the book, it's yeah. called 12 Weeks in Thailand, The Good Life on the Cheap. Uh, but I think that's, that's really, uh, interesting to, to do this type of research and just jump in. So did you know much about the keto diet or was, did you choose it just because you saw the opportunity? I had to Google it. What is, what is it? So I didn't know. Then I did some research. I found it interesting. So I had, kind of yeah a passion for nutrition and stuff like this um so it was not that hard to write but don't focus too much on your passion um if there's a good niche above like i don't know dating or whatever just go for it try to try to publish make your experience and you don't need to publish a perfect book curious why you chose to write that first book instead of outsourcing it because that i would assume that's what they teach in the, in the course yeah I had no money, to be honest. This was my problem. That's why I started. And you need to write. I think every publisher needs to write one book just to know the process. And then you know how to treat your ghostwriters, how to get good ghostwriters, because it's not about just content. You need writing skills. Yeah. It's not, it's not a blog. It's different, completely different to a blog. Okay. Makes sense. So you spent six weeks writing this book. Yeah. While you were writing it, were you thinking, what if it, this doesn't sell? What if I'm just wasting my time? Did you have any doubts? Yeah, of course you have. But there was nothing to lose, like just a bit of my time. Um, and I really liked, I was motivated. I saw the guys saying, oh, you can make like 300 euros with one book. And I was motivated. So I just wanted to try it. And my aim was, I think, 50 euro per month. So I made 200. On that first month? On the first month. Wow. Or second, first or second. So the first month is always some kind of a promotion. So you don't get a lot of sales, but afterwards you have a lot of demand because then you're ranking for your keywords. Okay. So let, let's uh, do that step by step. So first, okay. you wrote the book yourself. Yeah. Did you have an editor or did you? Uh, no. Did, yeah, okay. my family. I showed it to my family and they checked it and a couple of friends. Um, but yeah, just just grammar and stuff like this. So. Okay. And uh, then what about a cover? How, how did you get the cover? I did outsourcing. So I just went to Fiverr. There are a couple of, um, these are ebook cover designers and it was not super professional, but it was okay. Do you remember how much you paid for it? Yeah. Five dollars for the, for the gig on Fiverr and for the stock image, maybe another 10 euro, something like this. Okay. So $15 for the cover. Yeah. The writing was free. The editing was friends and family was free. Yeah. Were there any other costs? Um, the course. Yeah. The course. I mean, guys, okay, so $75 for the course. Yeah. And. No, I think no additional costs at this point. Yeah. So this sounds like a pretty lean startup. Less it than, is. Less than a hundred dollars. Use your own labor. Yeah. Give it a try. Yeah. And then, did you did you have any big roadblocks or hiccups before you you know start selling books? What do you mean by this? Like, as in, like, were there any big challenges where you're like, oh, this isn't working, or I can't set up my my payment or my tax or something? Mm, yeah, some kind of of a problem because the problem is Amazon is a US company. Uh, but they have their European um, headquarter in Luxembourg. So I wasn't sure about the tax stuff because I got money from a US company in Europe from Luxembourg, but I'm a German citizen. So the whole 
tech stuff was a bit challenging, but I read a few blog articles about it and I didn't care that much about it because I haven't even made some money on it. So I just skipped this part and waited for the results. I, I think that's really good advice where I've heard this actually a lot from especially Germans, but really non-Americans. Yeah. A lot of times I get the same, I don't want to call it an excuse because it is a valid concern, right? They say, oh, I, this won't work for me because I'm not American. Yeah. Or, oh, I wish, you know, I can do this. Or they, you know, they hit that first roadblock where they find out some, you know, some tax code or something and they're like, oh, I cannot do it. And they just stop or they give up. But it's yeah. nice to hear from people like you. Uh, and, I, and now actually I've met a bunch of Germans, but also uh, other Europeans who basically they said, you know what? It's complicated. We have to do something a little bit different, but let's just do it. Yeah. We'll figure it out. And honestly, even as Americans, I think if we really looked into it, there's probably a lot of things that I should have done before I started, you know, my first e-commerce store or started making money online. Yeah. But I was like, it doesn't matter. I have no money anyways. Yeah. <laughs> and I have no income. So who cares? Like, like who's really gonna, gonna come after me for some tax thing if I have no money anyways and I'm not making like, and I haven't sold anything yet. Let's deal with it once we start making money. Yeah. Exactly. And, and it was okay. Yeah. And, the point is, like, you're earning money, and in, I don't know about the U.S. tax system, but in Germany, if you're earning money in 2018, you're going to pay taxes in 2019. So there was still one year to go, still a lot of time to advise or to get an advice of tax consultants or stuff like this. So I wasn't focused on this at this time. Yeah, I was a student. Yeah, and I guess once you start making enough money, they could just hire somebody and let yeah, them deal with it. Exactly. That's what I'm doing now, yeah. I have my tax consultants and... Yeah, it's it's super easy to be honest. Okay, so it's not an excuse not to start. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you published the book. How long did it take to start making sales? That's the good thing about Kindle publishing. You get sales immediately. Like you have a promotion period, or you can have a promotion period. What I would fully recommend. Like you can offer your ebook for five days free, and you can collect a lot of downloads. So that should be your aim. Um, to be high in the rankings afterwards for each keyword. So Amazon is a search engine, so you just type in your keyword and you see the first results. So your aim is to get like to the first five results. And um, after the period, I had the first sale after a couple of hours. Wow. Yeah. How did that feel when you saw that? Amazing. Like I was constantly checking my, my dashboard and I, when I had the first sale, I was like, what the fuck? It, it was a bit scary. Because I thought, okay, if I had done something wrong, I would get some feedback. Like you never know. You have you had no idea. I was even concerned about lawyers and stuff like this. So in Germany, if you're doing something wrong, you immediately get like a lawyer who contacts you and stuff like this. But it felt good. Yeah, it was pretty good to have your first sale. I love it, and I'm sure you know those worries everybody has. Yeah. But 99.9% of the time, it never happens. And if yeah. it does, then you deal with it, right? Yeah. So. You start getting sales, you start, you know, you're refreshing your screen. Do you tell your parents or your friends? Like, what do they think? Yeah, it was a game changer for me. I was super excited about it. I talked to my parents, to my friends. They were skeptical, of course, um, because I had to write my bachelor thesis and I was just talking about publishing ebooks. <laughs> oh, so you're, at this point, you're still in school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not school, university. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. what was your bachelor thesis on? My bachelor thesis was super interesting. It was about Facebook Atlas. So it was about tracking sales 
um, I studied business administration. So, um, and Facebook Atlas is a company that allows you to track sales, um, yeah, like cross device. So Facebook Atlas, Facebook Atlas. I never yeah. heard of it. Yeah, it's pretty unknown, but yeah, my prof recommended it to me, like my lecturer. And it's super interesting. Just Google it. That's the future of tracking sales because um, at the moment everyone is talking about cookies, but cookies are kind of weak. So, um, for example, you see an ad on your mobile phone, um, for example, an ad for for a camera or something like this. A lot of people don't order them on the phone. And it's like this in Germany. I don't know about the S. So you will turn on your laptop. You will buy this camera on your phone. The problem for the marketer is they don't know that you got the first contact on your phone, which is quite important for them to optimize their ads and stuff like this. And Facebook Atlas allows you to track customers even on mobile devices because you're always logged in into Facebook. So you have kind of a unique ID and um, you're always logged in on your phone, on your tablets, on your computer, wherever. And that's the new way of tracking sales. Yeah. I mean, that's really smart. Is yeah. that actually made by Facebook? Yeah. No, oh, wow. they. I think it's... It's made by, or was made by, can't remember, another s smaller company, but they bought it a couple of years ago. Okay, so Facebook bought it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I can see that. That's genius. I love it. So you're doing your bachelor thesis. You started making money through Amazon. How did you actually get paid through Amazon? Did they send you a check or deposit? They just, um, yeah, deposit for my banking account and... Like, it's always a bit delayed. Like, when you're making money with Kindle in, for example, April, you will get your money by the end of June. So oh, wow. it's, it's, it's two, two months. months. Yeah, two months delay. And for printed books and audiobooks, it's one month delay. Did you start uh, selling printed and audiobooks right away? Or? No, I started with Kindle because everyone is talking about Kindle publishing. Every course is marketed, marketed like a Kindle publishing course. And I didn't even know how easy it is to publish it a soft cover or paperback something like this so i just started with ebook and then i saw some people posting screenshots of was create space i didn't even know what create space is so i googled it and yeah then i got to know create space which is a print on demand service of amazon so somebody's buying your book and the book is printed after the sale so you don't have um, the need for having a lot of books in stock or something like this so no financial risk at all yeah, I love it. And the audiobooks, when did you start with that? Like one and a half years later. Um, it's not that easy as it, for a German or European to publish audiobooks. Um, you have to have an American bank account and a mailing address in the States. So I used Payoneer for this to get the the accounts and another service. Can't remember the name of it. So it's not that hard, not that easy to do it. Yeah. So did Germans. you get like a, a mail forwarding service or a scanning service yeah. in the US? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, Payoneer was uh, one of the sponsors for the yeah, 2008 know. Nomad Summit. I know. Yeah. So I got all my audiobook payments through Payoneer and then I can transfer to my German account. And did you have to pay someone to read the audiobook or was it your voice or how did that work? You can outsource it. So um, you have two options. You can pay hourly recording the whole audiobook you can search for different speakers um, native speakers speakers from I don't know Pakistan India something like this um, female male you can um, search for different kind of voices so you can search for your own style and there are also German speakers which is always priority for me yeah okay that makes sense oh so after that first book started selling 
How soon was it until you decided, okay, this is working. Let me write more books. Yeah, after a couple of weeks, I followed. I still followed all the publishing guys, and they were always speaking about outsourcing, ghostwriting. So the second book was about ghostwriting. I wanted to try out how is it, how did, how is it when you publish a book which you haven't even written. So I contact an agency in the states called, I think it was eWriter Solution. So you can just order your book. You will give them your information, and it was a very funny topic. It was a book for older women: how to lose weight by just walking your ten thousand steps a day. So, so wait, did you give them the topic, or how, what was it? Yeah, I just gave them the topic. I gave them the outline. Okay, I want a chapter on this, chapter on this, chapter on this, and then it took I think about four weeks to write it. It was about eight to ten k. Words. How much did they charge you? One hundred fifty or two hundred dollars, something like this. So really, really cheap.、Yeah. Okay, but by this time, you're basically just reinvesting the money you had made. Yeah, kind of.、Okay. I did. I didn't even receive the money yet because it was delayed. So I had to invest some some new money. Okay,、yeah. but you knew it was going to work. No, I wasn't sure. It was a try. Yeah. So I got the results, and it was not that good. To be honest, and it was in English, so I wanted to try the outsourcing and the U.S. market at the same time, but it was not that good. So I decided, okay, I will take this as a base, and I will rewrite it in German. And this was yeah, quite a clever idea because this was my best-selling book for about one year. Wow. Yeah. So for the U.S. one, how much money was that making? I published the U.S. version, which was the version of the. You write a solution company, maybe fifty or fifty dollars a month,、okay. but the German version was up to one thousand. My God,、yeah. why do you think that was? Do you think it's just because? Do you think there's more competition in the U.S. or the topic is better in German or what was? I、that? had no idea about how to market your book on the U.S. markets, but I knew the German market, and I had a, I, I had luck. Like Amazon was promoting my book. Um, the the customer liked the book because it was really in a niche, yeah. Like for older people, there were so many fitness books, how to lose weight in seven weeks or something like this. And now I had the first book on yeah, how to lose. How did you think just of, walking? Yeah. How did you think of that topic? Um, I saw it in the S. Yeah, there was were a couple of books with this topic and was well selling. Yeah. Yeah. So big uh trick for people is find stuff that sells well in the U.S. and just、yeah. bring it to another market. You don't have to invent something new. It's like this. You don't need to have the the next Harry Potter. Just look what is selling and start lean. I like it. So, how did that feel once you started making, you know, thousands? This was super impressive because by that time I was writing my bachelor thesis. I didn't even put any work into my publishing, and I was still earning like around one thousand euro a month. And it was amazing. Like, really, this was a game changer. And this was the time where I decided, okay, I want to do this in the future. I want to. Improve. I want to publish more books and build a business out of it. Yeah. What did your friends and family think at this point? They they still thought I'm crazy. Even at this point, where I had to make the decision, like my plan in, in Germany or in Europe, you have the bachelor master、um, studies. So this was my bachelor, and my plan was to study the master afterwards. And I had to make a decision. Like, do you want to study for the next two years, or do you want to start your own business? And when I told my parents, okay, I want to do the publishing stuff, they thought I'm crazy because they thought, okay, it's just a period in his life. It's you can't really make money with books, 
and stuff like this. They didn't know what I'm actually doing, to be honest. But at some stage, I brought the printed version for my parents, and then they really they saw physically what I'm what I was creating, and this changed a lot. Like my mom was supporting me and stuff like this. Yeah. So last night we were at the bar, and I think we we both gave a piece of advice to this Ukrainian girl named uh, I think it was Dory. And not a Ukrainian girl, she's Hungarian, sorry. Yeah. And we were like, oh, you know what you can you can do to get your dad uh, to stop like worrying about you is you should just publish your book yeah. and give him a paperback. Yeah. And because for me as well, my parents never like trusted me. You know, they're they're like, what is this online business you're doing? Yeah. You know, is this sustainable? Is this real? And I'm like, no, it's like you know, I'm making more money now than I did when I had a job. Yeah. And they're like, uh, I don't know about this website and you know, these, yeah, <laughs> they just yeah, didn't understand it. Yeah. And as soon as I gave them a paperback, uh, pub, you know, book that I published, they were like, wow. Super proud. Yeah. They're so proud. They showed it off to their friends and our family members. And even though I actually wasn't, you know, making as much from the book than I was my websites and e-commerce stores. Yeah. That was, and I, you know, I even showed them the the websites for like my my e-commerce stores that were making much more money, but because it's just a website, they don't really feel like a connection, you know. Yeah. But when I gave them the physical book, they were like, "Okay, my son has made it. He's a, you know, he's somebody now." Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I had the same experience, and um, I'm still giving like my new books to my grandma every single Christmas, and she's super proud. Um, she's still she's telling me, okay, next Christmas I want to have your new books again. And the the coolest thing is, um, I've published a book on intermittent fasting. And at this time, my grandma was interested in this topic, and she read the book, and she lost about like six kilograms or something like this. Wow! So something so, that you wrote or you outsourced or you you like yeah. you orchestrated helped your grandmother lose weight. Yeah. So this was like the next step, and she was super proud. And so you're yeah, actually like felt... you're putting some effort into this. Like you're not just like I think some people have a misconception that they're just gonna write some bullshit or you know a lot of people do it like this. But I'm really focused on quality. Like you have to start lean. Like your first book is not a high quality book, or sh- I think shouldn't be because don't put in too much effort, too much too much time, too much money. Just try to get your experiences on the market, and then you can improve, improve. And now I'm I'm not writing anymore by myself. I have an, a team of authors, five authors at the moment, and they're really professional. Like they they know what they're doing. It's good quality. I have people who are checking the books. I have high quality book covers and stuff like this. So, so some customers don't even realize that this is a self-published book anymore. So it's that professional now where it seems like you. I mean, if you think about it, you from going from self-publisher. To I guess being a publishing house, it's not really yeah. that big of a difference. It's just having a team, right? Yeah, I didn't reach. I think I didn't reach the level of the pro- very professional publishing houses um, because they have a really expensive layout and stuff like this. So they are always creating something new, something unique. And I'm really focusing on competitors. Like, what are they doing? Um, how can I? Um, layout my book. I sometimes I just go to offline bookstores and look at layouts to structure the book in this way. And then I have my designers, and they put it into Word or InDesign, and then I can work with this design in future. Yeah. How did you find this team, the the authors and everyone else? 
Um, some people I found on Upwork.com. Some people I found through Facebook groups. Um, I have a good mastermind, publishing mastermind in Germany. So some people recommended me some ghostwriters. Um, some people I met during my travels. Um, they were they were just writers, freelance writers, and I tell them, hey, we can make we can publish a book together. So I don't have a, a thousand publish a, a thousand writers. I just have a team of five to six writers. That's still awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And how many books do you have total now? I think about fifty right now. Wow. 50 to Sixty. Nice. Yeah. And do they do any of them just not sell at all? Yeah, I have a couple of books that make about around twenty to fifty euro a month, which is still okay. Like when I started, this was my aim: fifty euro a month. That's so. funny. So like the worst books still make. At least 20, sometimes 50 euros yeah. a month. Yeah. Because Amazon really brings the customers. It's amazing. This effect is amazing. Like, because they are just making money when you're making money. And this is, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's so crazy, right? Cause I think a lot of people are thinking right now, they're like, yeah, I'd be happy with just 50 euros a month. Yeah. Because this is passive income. It's not like 99% you're, passive. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're not shipping out the books. You're not taking returns. Yeah. Are you even like promoting it or how, how, how like, yeah, I have some promotion websites that I use. So um, when I launch a book, I use websites that offer that you're kind of paying to get used in newsletters. So and there's a German um, app, like the translation is book deals. You can publish your book with the help of this app. And they have like around 600,000 um, customers. So you will get a lot of downloads, free downloads, which help you to improve your keyword rankings afterwards yeah yeah i guess so the question about that would be so when every time you publish a new book like yeah. what is the process of of like getting it like launched like you you sign up for the it, what is it called the the kindle select or something where they yeah yeah people can download for free for five days yeah kindle select is is that they can use kindle unlimited so they can if they are subscribed to kindle unlimited they can read your ebook for free and you have the promotion possibility to to um yeah, give your ebook for free, like for five days. So, does Kindle Unlimited come with Amazon Prime? Or how, are people paying? I'm not sure about it? the S market, but I think in Germany these two things are different. Like okay. you have to have the Prime subscription and the Kindle Unlimited. So people are paying money to have Kindle Unlimited. Yeah. To get access to these free books. To the ebooks, yeah. Okay. But like in the five days of the Amazon promotion, everyone can download it. They didn't. They don't need the unlimited. Oh, really? So yeah. everybody, even the U.S. market, or is it just the German one? No, I think it's the same for the U.S. market. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. and so thousands of people download the book in yeah. five days. I'm assuming. Do some people write reviews after reading it? Yeah, this organically. Is, this should be your objective to collect a few reviews. Um, in the German market, you need about maybe five to twenty. U.S. market is quite competitive, so. But you have you have more people who can download your book, so it's quite the same. So there are different strategies. Some some people use like book reviewers, some blogs. You can ask your friends and family, but always try to um, take a look on the on the Amazon terms of uh, terms of terms of trade. service. Because yeah. yeah, Amazon especially recently has been really cracking down on. Yeah. They call them fake reviews, but it could just be a review from a close family member or someone. Yeah, but. I guess the safest way is during the, those five days of where it's free, just basically convince people to download the book while it's free and then re actually read it yeah. and then write a review. Yeah, and you will get a lot, a lot of downloads, like 
one day I had n like 9,000 downloads. So that's, that's massive. And there are always people who are reviewing the book. Okay. So have you ever dealt with, you know, the first couple of reviews coming in a bit negative? Yeah. What, this, it, this can happen. Yeah. Then it's really hard to recover because, um, it's like when you have like a rating less than three and a half stars, it's very hard to sell books. So um, one opportunity will be to improve the book and really take a look at the feedback of the customer. What's wrong with the book? Maybe you have some mistakes in it or something like this. Try to improve the book and maybe bring it a second time, like the improved version. You have always the possibility to do this. Yeah. Okay. That definitely makes sense. So what if a book's been selling for a few months and it goes a bit stale, like as in the sales start dropping down. What do you do then? Um, you can run a second promotion. You always have to try to optimize your your keywords. So search for a reason. Why is your book not selling? Did you choose the wrong keywords? Um, did different competitors enter the market since you've published the book? Try to improve the cover. Try to optimize your book. If it's selling, don't touch it anymore. This is what I've learned. Um, because sometimes it can, yeah, you can have some troubles with this. If you're taking a book offline and online again, um, you can lose reviews and stuff like this. Okay, nice. Uh, so can I ask, like, what what percentage of your books are, you know, are doing really well? Is, is it like, are there like a couple that just uh, make most of the money? Kind of like the 80-20 rule? Or are they pretty consistent? Yeah, I think it's the 80-20 rule, yeah. So a couple of books making about 100 to 200 euro, maybe 300. And I have books that make more than 1,000. So like 20% make a lot of money. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And did you know that those were going to be the 1,000 euro a month books? Or did you? was it just a, a guess? Sometimes, like if you're good at researching, you can um, determine niches where you have a big potential. So some of the books are... I knew that they will be quite successful. You, you can never tell how the market is reacting on your products. Um, but I have, I had a few lucky shots. Sometimes Amazon is picking you for promotions and this can be a huge boost for your sales. And if you once collect a lot of sales, it's like a never ending story. You will be higher in your rankings. You will gain more customers, more sales. And it's really hard for other competitors to compete against you. I like that. Do, do you write all the books under one author name or multiple no. ones? Every time a different name. Every time? Yeah. Why is that? This is my strategy. Because I'm I'm not really focused on on brand building or something like this. I just discovered when I publish books under the same name that my competitors clicking on the name and they see all my different niches, all the books that make a lot of money, and then they're copying my books and it's even harder for me to hold this level yeah wow okay. so i have a lot of niches where you don't even know the topic like you you i didn't even know what this is it's just like my research is very data-based so sometimes i really have to google what what this book is about wow so do you use some tools or software to do this research yeah i use especially for amazon jungle scout they can really see the sales ranks of your um, competitors so the sales ranks are showing you how many books they are selling, so you convert this number into actual sales. So you know um, in advance whether this book or this niche is selling good or not. And um, for the keyword research, I use a German tool. It's called Sonar. Yeah, there are a couple of different tools. Just search for like keyword tools. 
Um, you can use Google for trend analysis, Google Trends. It's very helpful because sometimes you have topics um, like fitness. They are selling pretty good in in like January and stuff like this when people have their New Year's how's it called resolutions, yeah, and stuff like this. And in summer, and they people in Germany are on the beach. So they're not really working out and stuff like this. So do some research in advance so that you're not surprised in the end if you don't have consistency. Okay, definitely makes sense. And are all your books now in just German or are you also doing English? Mm, like I have one book in English, but the rest is in German. I think that's smart. And, and you would you would recommend focusing on what you're good at and what your, yeah. your skill like is? A lot of people trying to improve their sales by publishing more books, which is nice. But really try to publish new books. Um, don't try to use all the distribution channels. Like Amazon is one option. In Germany, we have a couple of other options. You have the Play Store where you can sell books, I think. Try to focus on Amazon. Try to get an expert in your field, like in Amazon marketing, and then publish more books to earn more money. That's the way. Don't try always to improve your books, your old books. It's not making such a big difference, to be honest. Maybe you can earn 10% more. But better focus on new topics. Yeah, I like it. Good tips. And uh, one reason why I really wanted to have you on the show is with some of the success that you've now gotten from your books and your book sales, you're not just you know doing it for yourself anymore. You've now dedicated one of the books to your mom. Yeah. Can you tell us the story behind this? Yeah, I went to the to the Nomad Summit where I got to know you. And um, the longer story is, I was always supported by my parents like they didn't have enough money to pay for all my stuff during uh, my studies and stuff like this but they were always supporting me um, I was always welcome we traveled um, within Germany we didn't like I'm from eastern Germany so we don't have that high wage level so I didn't travel to like Thailand or something like this before but I always got this support even though they sometimes even didn't know what I'm doing like I was studying Ireland, I traveled in Thailand, I was doing the new publishing business. Um, and I think it's not normal to get that kind of a support in every situation in your life. And I thought about a way to pay something back. And then I saw, I think it was a YouTube video of you where you, where you were showing that you're paying, I think, 1000 bucks a month to your mom. And this was a super nice idea. I thought, okay, I want to do the same. But at this time, I didn't have that, that much money. So I thought, okay, I do it the other way around. I'm not given their actual money. I will just set up one project for them. They can see how I do the stuff. They can identify with this book. This will be your book. And su went surprisingly well. Yeah. So it's making around about a thousand euro a month. And how did, how, how did your mom feel about that when it, when it happened? It felt unreal for her. Yeah, the, the problem with my mom is, that's another story, like she, she has a lot of migraine and stuff like this. So um, it's hard for her to go to work. So she's working part time. Um, and that's why there are always these financial problems in, in, the, in the house of my parents. And you have to imagine you come home, you're super, you're, you're working on your own happiness all day long. You're doing the stuff you love, you're traveling. But when you come home, there's always kind of, intense atmosphere because everything is about money they they can't um, afford two cars anymore and have to change jobs and at one stage i thought okay i will support them and the reaction was super nice like they were super proud um, super happy 
And yeah, from the first um, 1,000 euro, they bought stuff for my former room. Like I moved out and they kind of rebuilt my room. So they have a, they have a nice room when I come back. And yeah, it's pretty awesome. Nice. That's really nice. And how long has this been now? Um, not that long. Maybe four to four, I think four months. So I think your conference was in January. Yeah. Or February, something like this. Yeah, it was so, end of January. Yeah. yeah. So after your conference. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And is the, is the, is that book, I guess the account, is that set up in her name or she just automatically no. gets the money no, or? No, no, she has nothing to do. Okay. With this book, yeah. So it has to go through you first and then you're sending it. Yeah, money. which is a disadvantage because, um, yeah, I have to pay the taxes for the income and she has a lower tax rate than me, but it's not that easy if you're just working part time in Germany to have a, like a second business. You have to ask your company whether this is fine. And yeah. Wow, it's so much more complicated than the US. I think the US, you could just be like, yeah, this is my, you my give book. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think. What what we learned from this is, you know, there's always going to be little hurdles, always going to be, you know, obstacles or things that make it not easy or challenges. But at the end of the day, if our why, why we're doing it is big enough, yeah. you know, it makes it worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you think about, okay, why are you making money? Like a lot of people, you're asking them, why are you, why are you selling books? Why are you selling this? Why do you? Do you make affiliate marketing? They don't even know. They just, yeah, I want to make money. Yeah, but why do you want to make money? To buy this, this. Yeah, but what's the actual background? What's your feeling about it? Do you want to show off? Do you want to give something back to your friends, family? Do you have a passion? Like, there are different reasons. And my reason was my family. I wanted to support my family. I didn't want to have the same, the same life, like the nine to five job and stuff like this. Um, I didn't want to think about all the money problems and this is my big why and this is motivating me. Yeah, yeah I love it. And, and I bet you it feels so nice, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I guess to put it in perspective, like what would feel better? You know, having, you know, being able to go and spend, you know, a couple hundred dollars at the bar every weekend or yeah. buy, go shopping and buy new clothes or knowing that your mom can relax and, you yeah. know, and have less stress you know, maybe hopefully the when with less financial stress, she can either deal with the migraines better, or maybe even it'll go away because she's not so stressed anymore. Yeah, this can be a reason. Yeah, and it's it's not always about money. Like if you're if you're just starting your business or something like this, and you don't have this financial power to do this, just dedicate some time to your mom. Just um, care about the people around you, and yeah, try to establish your big why. And later on, you can you can give some money. Yeah, that's that's no problem. Yeah, and I think to some people, it doesn't seem like you know, like it almost seems a little bit strange to give your parents money. This is why I dedicate the book. I didn't want to just give the money without doing something. So I thought, okay, if I dedicate a book, they really know where where the money is coming from. So they have kind of a relation to this money. Yeah, and because they were involved in the process, like you were explaining to them how yeah. it was happening. Did yeah. they think when you first told them, were they like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah," it's you know, whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, 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 they thought, okay, I told them, I think this book is gonna make around two hundred, three hundred euro a month. So I didn't yeah, think that it's going to be that successful. And they were like, "Yeah, that's that's so." They were super grateful, even for this amount of money. And then I brought um, the printed version back home. They looked at the book. It's cool. Um, 
My mom even tried this book. Like it's about, it's a cookbook for intermittent fasting. And then it was super successful. It's, uh, it's yeah. just awesome. So I think I will try to improve this in the future to try something else, even for maybe my grandparents. It's not everything about money, but trying to give something back with the with the powers you have, like in your business and in your traveling and stuff like this. Yeah, and it's so cool. It's a big reminder that we all have the power. Yeah. I mean, we literally, these are things that we've created, like virtually out of thin air. Yeah. And if you think back to what our parents or grandparents had to do to make even $1,000 a month yeah. compared to what we can do and where we can do it from, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So they're working so hard to get there. Because they grew up so in what? They grew up in East Germany, right? Yeah, like the GDR. So they were, they had never the opportunity to travel. So it's a big thing. Even it's a big thing that I have a business, yeah. But also the traveling aspect is a huge topic in my family because they couldn't do this. Are they proud of you that you can do it? Yeah, yeah, super proud. And I invited them to Barcelona after the cruise and we will meet there for few days of vacation. Nice. You're taking your parents on vacation now yeah. too. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I'm really yeah. proud of you. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm so excited that it actually was, was crazy is I didn't know that anybody ha- had also, like I was hoping people would get inspired from my talk, right? Yeah. But I never really met anyone who took action with it. And it was, I think it was just last night at the bar. Mm-hmm. And it's an open bar at the cruise. It's great. <laughs> and uh, we're standing around and I'm just like, you know, hey, how are you doing? We're just chatting. And you had just casually mentioned like, oh, yeah, I went to your Nomad Summit. I heard your talk. And then I started giving my mom $1,000 a month. And I was like, wow, that is so cool. And I'm so excited. Yeah. And then I had no idea. But then David Vu, during his talk today, he had mentioned that he started giving $1,000 yeah. a month. And I think this will have a huge effect again because there are 250 nomads here and he really t- told in his speech, yeah, do do it the same. Like if it's, if the parents are your why, try to do the same. And I think a lot of people were really impressed by this talk today. Yeah, it was really fantastic. Yeah. And I want, I want this to be like a challenge for everyone now. Yeah. I think it'd be so cool. Yeah. Like you, for you guys listening at home, to have it be a goal to have a thousand dollars a month, an extra passive income that you can give to your mom your father you know somebody you know a cause or a charity or something that you really believe in you know and i really like the mother thing because i think all of us owe something really big to our our mothers yeah so start with you know your mama and it could be something else you know but thousand hashtag you know thousand dollars for mama or something (laughs) i really like it so if you guys listening uh are going to accept the challenge, let us know. Leave a comment either in the show notes of this episode or on the Travel Bosses Facebook group, you know, or just let me know. I, I, I'm excited for that. And then if you achieve that goal and you start giving your mom $1,000 a month, I would love to hear the story about that. Yeah. And don't think that it's not the right time to do it. Like um, some people might think, okay, I'm going to do this when I have 10K, 20K, 30K. Just do it now if you have a couple of thousands euro a month, a month, because through this, your why is even stronger. You, you know why you're working, you get more motivation, you're making more money. So that's easy, easy as that. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much. Pre- appreciate you, Tom. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I love it. So, uh, one thing that we've been doing now at the end of every episode is I just 
give you the mic and then for, you know, two or three minutes, I just want you to just like brain dump every like all your favorite things that you think people should, uh, should try, like, you know, whether it's gear or like, uh, your favorite apps or software or your favorite like travel items or something okay. or tips, tricks, anything, anything you want. The mic is yours. Just brain dump whatever you want to share and, and make sure the audience, uh, knows about is aware of. Okay, that's quite hard. I'm not prepared for this. But yeah, first of all, if you're starting your business, try to find people you can share your experience with. You Like people meeting in co-working spaces, start traveling and stuff like this. Meet new people, gain new experiences. And just on this cruise, I met so many people. I got so many new impressions. And just one, just one hint, one tip can be worth like a thousand euro. Like I was advising one guy a couple of months ago and he had just published ebooks and I just told him, do the printed version, just do it. It's so easy. Just upload your PDF. And he made so much more money just with the printed version. Another thing is, yeah, maybe I can share my, my tools. Like I'm using Trello, do you know Trello as an organization tool? I love to do, like I'm starting a blog right now. So I love to take videos just with my phone camera. I just bought the new Google Pixel 2, which is amazing camera um yeah i'm i'm into into supplements i can advise you to take your vitamin d3 if you're not living in the sunny part you you have it here nice nice yeah i don't know yeah that's it i love it dankeschön bitteschön and thank you guys at home for for listening if you guys want to check out the next nomad cruise i believe it's going to be at the end of november going Summer from Europe to somewhere, I think it's to Brazil. To Brazil. Yeah. And then come to the Nomad Summit January 29th in Chiang Mai 2019. Uh, you can get your tickets now to make sure you are committed. And I hope to see you there as well, Tom. Thank you very much. I think I'm in here for Chiang Mai next year. Awesome. So thanks again, guys. And we'll see you all next week. Ciao. Ciao. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.